Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Future Work Life podcast. My name is Ollie Henderson and this is another catch-up episode from recent newsletters. Today's is from September 29th, 2022. It's titled, How to Scale Your Career by Doing Things That Don't Scale. The internet is very big. What a blindingly obvious statement to make, I'm sure you're thinking. But seriously, like anything truly enormous... It isn't easy to wrap your head around the sheer scale of it. I'm not talking about the technical architecture or even the number of websites. I'm referring to the billions of people online and by extension, the potential opportunities you can unlock by connecting with only a tiny slither of them. If you know where to look, you can discover thousands, if not millions of people with whom you share similar interests and tastes. Ways to learn new things about subjects you've never before encountered and potential customers willing to pay if you can help them solve their many varied problems. I've been reflecting on this after hearing my future of work friend and former podcast guest, Draw Poleg, on Scott Galloway's show the other day, and I linked to it in the newsletter. Draw's written extensively about the possibilities of productizing and scaling yourself online, but he also issued a warning last week. Although some will benefit exponentially from the reach provided by the internet, all will not be equal. Because the downside of being able to access the best talent wherever they're located in the world is that everyone wants to work with them, not their less talented peers. So should we all resign ourselves to fighting for scraps while the very best mop up all the value? Of course not. Wouldn't that be depressing? But to capitalise on this trend rather than capitulate to it requires adopting a different mindset, one that focuses on things that don't scale. Let me explain. One of my favourite essays is Investor and Y Combinator founder Paul Graham's Do Things That Don't Scale, which again I link to in the newsletter. In it, he shares lessons from the thousands of startups he's observed over the years. What the best of them realise is being small and having few customers can be an advantage if you use your time wisely. For example, Stripe founders John and Patrick Collison would sit down next to new clients to personally set up their user accounts, ensuring they're able to start using their service immediately. And Airbnbs, Brian Chesky and Joe Gebbia used to go door to door to recruit new users and pay a professional photographer to make their listings look better. As Graham explains, And I quote, one reason founders don't focus enough on individual customers is that they worry it won't scale. But when founders of Larval startups, by which he means those not fully developed, worry about this, I point out that in their current state, they have nothing to lose. Maybe if they go out of their way to make existing users super happy, they'll one day have too many to do so much for. That would be a great problem to have. See if you can make it happen. And incidentally, when it does, you'll find that delighting customers scales better than you expected. Partly because you can usually find ways to make anything scale more than you would have predicted, and partly because delighting customers will by then have permeated your culture. I've never once seen a startup lured down a blind alley by trying too hard to make their initial users happy. End quote. The point is that before scaling, every company, and now individual, has to work relentlessly hard to build connections with customers and to understand what they care about. How does that relate to individuals building a career? Well, the best description I've heard to visualize the internet size remains Derek Thompson's. In an interview with Bloomberg's Masters in Business podcast in 2017, he explained, People who want to be big sometimes think, I have to immediately reach the largest possible audience. But in a weird way, the best way to produce things that take off is to produce small things, to become a small expert. And the reason why I think this is true, I call my Tokyo example. Now, if you go to Tokyo you'll see there are all sorts of really, really strange shops. There'll be a shop that's like only 1970s vinyl and like 1980s whiskey or something. And that doesn't make sense if it's a shop in a Des Moines suburb, right? In a Des Moines suburb, to exist, you have to be Subway. You have to hit the mass market immediately. 
But in Tokyo, where there are 30 to 40 million people within a train ride of a city, then your market is 40 million. And within that 40 million, sure, there's a couple of thousand people who love 1970s music and 1980s whiskey. The internet is Tokyo. The internet allows you to be niche at scale. So it's possible to be niche at scale, but building that expertise requires a willingness to take your research and creative experimentation above and beyond what seems sensible. And I can relate. Over the past couple of years, I've published over 100 podcasts, and in every case, I've personally invited every single guest with a well-considered email. I've ensured I research thoroughly and ask questions that matter to me and to listeners. I've edited the podcast myself, digging into which ideas to expand upon in my writing. I've then followed up with an article or newsletter exploring ideas we discussed. And finally, I've kept in touch with guests to build our relationship. Now, most people would say that I should be outsourcing one or most of that list. But for now, at least, each of these things is providing me with significant value, such as an opportunity to develop my ideas and point of view, build relationships with guests I'd otherwise pay to learn from, and attract new collaborators and future clients by consistently sharing great content. Since time's obviously finite, the trick is to try to identify where these three things intersect. Number one, a subject you really care about. Number two, a problem that really needs to be solved or explored at least. Three, a willingness to work really hard to apply your unique set of skills. Will I manage every aspect of my podcast forever? Perhaps not, but for the time being, it's helping me build a reputation in a new category, which I can then leverage through the distribution offered by the internet. So the right things that don't scale plus internet size distribution equals exponential opportunities. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you here again soon.